Rise and shout. We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Tight trips left. Option look. Keeper Jaron. 10, 5, touchdown Cougars! Jaron Hall scores! This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. To get you ready for BYU football, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good afternoon, BYU fans. Welcome once again into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Today, the 19th-ranked BYU Cougars will try and bounce back from their first loss of the year as they hit the road for a matchup at Baylor. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football. Joining me from McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas, is former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. And uh, Riley, we've seen a lot of things from this BYU team this season, and now we'll get our first chance to see how they respond to a loss. And I am super anxious to have the answer to that question. Uh, not only a loss, but a loss where you really felt like had you uh, been able to do some things or not or avoid some things, uh, you would have come out of there easily with a W. So uh, those sometimes are the toughest ones to come back from because it's often more mental than it is physical. But there couldn't be a more picturesque setting uh, for BYU to come out and, and prove that we're right now currently sitting about 66 the high is going to be about 70 it's light breezy and then uh, John Morris who we're going to talk to in our next segment informed us that McLean Stadium is one of three waterfront stadiums uh, of course you have uh, Washington uh, up in Seattle where uh, that's that sits right on Lake Washington and then a couple years ago BYU was down in Knoxville which sits on a river similar to McLean Stadium here which sits on the Brazos River and uh, the boats are pulling up right now for the sail gating uh, great great venue to play some football and see BYU exercise some demons today. Absolutely, and uh, certainly a stadium that uh, BYU fans will become accustomed to in the very near future when BYU officially joins the Big 12 Conference, and then we can start seeing the Bears on a more frequent basis. So before the Cougars face the Bears, let's get to our game headlines. <laughs> Well, Riley and I were just talking about it. A BYU bounce back. Cougars coming off the first loss of the season, 26-17 to Boise State. And there were obviously a lot of reasons why that went that way. The biggest certainly were turnovers. For the first time this entire season, turnovers were an issue. Four turnovers for the BYU Cougars, some very costly fumbles. And not every turnover, Riley, is equal. BYU turning the ball over in giving Boise State less than 25 yards before they needed to uh, score a touchdown, those types of turnovers will kill you every time. Not to mention, not to mention a fumble inside yes. the opponent's red zone, right? So both of those, one, the, the kickoff and the one on the first play of the drive, put points on the board for Boise, and then the one inside, you know, the uh, the defense inside Boise's red zone took points off the field for BYU. Just extreme self-defeating. Uh, and unfortunate uh, mistakes. Hopefully, you know, they, they've been addressed, they've been put behind them, and BYU can resume their very um, careful and calculated play that, that, that led them to a 5-0 start. Well, and I think one of the big questions today is, Jaron healthy? is Jaron Hall fully healthy? And obviously he played last week, but uh, BYU 
either chose not to run him or he chose not to take advantage of that. And I, I think we will see a different Jaron Hall today. Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick has said all week that, uh, that Jaron Hall is full go. They expect to have all of Jaron Hall, and I think that that is good for the BYU offense. Look, it's this BYU offense is best when Jaron Hall is is a threat to run, and I'm not talking design quarterback runs, and I'm not talking about you know him trying to run for 100 yards. Let's look at at the pro level even. Uh, Patrick Mahomes last year, due to an ankle and various lower extremity injuries, was not as mobile, and you could see that in that Super Bowl game. Obviously, they were not as competitive against the Buccaneers as as people had expected them to be. All offenses, or sh I should say, all defenses. Uh, are much have a much more difficult task defending a quarterback who not wh whether he's you know breaking off big runs down the field or just extending plays it just puts so much more stress and this BYU offense is no different Jaron Hall most definitely has that capability uh, you know I was thinking about Jaron and, and his journey well this wasn't the first time he dealt with an injury this is the first time he came back from an injury because when he got hurt in 2019 he never came back right. it went to Baylor and then it went to Zach and that you know that that comes with its own learning process and mental battles so he's already been through game one he's now in game two hopefully he's back to his old winning ways well and let's uh, let's focus on this point for BYU yes last week was a very disappointing loss uh, to an unranked team and, and a rival team but BYU is still 5-1. BYU is still ranked in the top 20 at number 19. Last week was the exception. That is not what this team has shown all year. They have given us the recipe for a BYU win, and that was in the previous five games. So the sky is not falling. This is a very, very good BYU team that Baylor is going to have to uh, face today. And speaking of those Bears, they also come into this matchup with a record of 5-1. The Overall series tied at 1-1, one one. the last game being played in 1984. That was a pretty good season for BYU. The Bears' biggest win was versus Iowa State, who at the time was ranked number 14. Obviously, one of the big storylines this week is the familiarity between the two. Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator last year for BYU, now the OC in Baylor. Uh, Eric Mateos, now the offensive line coach last year with BYU, now with Baylor. Head coach Dave Aranda has faced BYU many times at different stops during his career. Riley, these two teams really do know a lot about each other. Yeah, even though the two universities haven't, the actual uh, you know staffs and, and players, well, maybe not the players so much on the Baylor side, but yeah, there's a level of familiarity here that I think will, look, I think coming into it just in a vacuum, two, uh, a matchup of two five and one teams, uh, playing in the seventh game of the season uh, that you already expect that to be tight but this familiarity aspect that you mentioned is going to make it even tighter I cannot wait for the game to get started today because I think it's going to be an all four quarter slugfest and it's going to come down to whoever you know doesn't lose their head and uh, has the gumption to make big plays late in the fourth quarter well when you look specifically at what this BY or excuse me this Baylor team can do on offense and defense they rank in the top 25 in the following categories. Listen to this list. Scoring offense, they're 17th. Scoring defense, they're 21st. Third down conversion defense, 22nd in the country. Passing yards and completions, 25th in the country. Red zone scoring defense, 25th in the country. Rushing yards a game, 16th. Team passing efficiency, 12th. Team passing efficiency defense, 12th. And turnover margin, 9th. 
This is a very, very good team in Baylor, and they so far have not done a lot to hurt themselves. No, they have not. Um, those are all very impressive and should grab the attention of fans and definitely the respect of the players. I will say, make this point, Jason, in case our listeners out there haven't looked at the whole body of work for Baylor. Their first three games, I mean, no disrespect, but Texas State, Texas Southern, and Kansas which, uh, all, well, it is a basketball powerhouse. Uh, there's a lot to be desired for their football program. So some of these may be a little bit inflated. It's crazy. You know, we're halfway through the season, we're, and we're still learning about each of these teams. But while those teams should incite respect from this BYU football team, they have no reason to fear because – and they should have all the confidence in the world that they can come into Baylor's house in McLean Stadium and if they execute, play well, and avoid mistakes, can come out of here with a win. Well, and the last thing, and this is a more of a celebration point to bring up, this obviously is going to be a future conference opponent, and this really is a preview of 2023 and beyond when BYU officially joins the Big 12. Look, BYU can set the tone against the future conference opponent today, but, but again, I go back to the celebration part of it. Um, Spencer Linton from BYU TV is out there and, and will have some coverage on the field for BYU TV. And, you know, he had gone around and did a little man on the street. And there's, you know, several businesses that are welcoming BYU and they have signs out there. Welcome to Waco and welcome to the Big 12 Conference. I know Greg has tweeted out a couple things from the press box area where they've got a picture of the BYU broadcast team and BYU in a Big 12 logo. This is really cool to see, and I think it gets everybody excited for the future. Yeah, in the uh, QB Read with Riley segment, I'm going to talk a little bit about all the, all the Southern hospitality that's been extended, but uh, that, is, that is all well and great, and it's, a, it's an awesome environment for fans to, um, to be in. But as a player, once that ball kicks off, they are your opponent, and you fiercely compete against them for 60 minutes. And, uh, and, it, and you do everything you can to come out victorious. So it's good that it's not hostile. It's good that uh, everybody can have a good, uh, productive, competitive environment. But at the end of the day, as nice as, and as welcoming as the people of Baylor University and Waco have been, we hope to send them packing today with a loss. Yeah, we appreciate the hospitality, and now we want to beat you. Coming up next, the radio voice of the Baylor Bears, John Mora, stops by to help us preview the Cougars and the Bears. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Pre-game Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Jason Shepard, Riley Nelson with you. I'm in Provo. Riley is in Waco, Texas. And speaking of Waco, Texas, the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris, is joining Riley in the broadcast booth. John, I, I got to talk with you yesterday on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, I like the fact that we're making this kind of a thing. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's good to be on with you again, Jason. Sorry you didn't make the trip. Riley's loving this uh, Waco weather here. Picturesque. So, oh, we've got a great day weather-wise today. Yeah, I'm wearing uh, I'm wearing a hoodie. Uh, it's supposed to be in the <laughs> 40s and 50s today, so uh, I'm going to let you guys enjoy that. I'm not going to worry too All right. much All right. about we that. We won't dwell on that. Okay? Yes, we, we will not. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd start here. We can certainly call this a preview of future conference matchups. So before we get into the game specifically, What's been the reaction around the Baylor program and with fans, with BYU and the others joining the Big 12 in the very near future? Yeah, I think very uh, excited about it, and I hope you guys are as well because it, it's a really, you know, it's making a tough situation really uh, much better. And, and I prefer to look at it as a positive. I hate to lose Texas and Oklahoma, great series, great rivalry with those schools and every sport going way back, especially Texas. But, uh, you know, they're gone. They're, they're, they've made their decision to leave. So love adding uh, BYU and the three other schools moving forward. John, uh, it's going to be almost 30 years between when Baylor joined the Big 12 and when BYU will. Do you have any advice for <laughs> the BYU athletics program joining the Big 12? Because I know you were with the university when they when they joined the yeah. conference. No, uh, good question. I, I think that's above my pay grade, Riley. <laughs> I think I think what I hear though is BYU is is Big 12 ready, meaning in every sport you're ready to step in and compete in the Big 12. And uh, we are really excited about. You know, adding the school and you guys coming here and us coming to Provo next year and then years to come, making trips out there. No real advice. I think you're going to love it. Uh, There's some really good rivalries here, and you guys are going to fit right in with that. Let's talk, uh, John, about the Baylor offense, and it's an offense that has looked good. Uh, They are efficient. They've got very good skill players, a quarterback that has yet to throw an interception. I'm going to keep saying that just in hopes that maybe it happens (laughs) today. Uh, You know, throw the jinx on him a little bit. Um, Obviously, the storyline between these two schools this week, a lot has been on Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos and others coming from BYU to Baylor. I guess my question to you in terms of the offense is where do you feel Jeff Grimes has made his biggest impact on that group this year? Yeah, good question, and I I think just bringing uh, what he wants to do offensively here to Waco. Last year, we were kind of wandering in the wilderness with our offense, and it was just not productive. We ran the ball 90 yards a game last year was the average, and it just was was very pedestrian last year. Coach Grimes comes in with that wide zone offense, says, here's what we're going to do, you know, very – definitive in what he wants to do, what he wants to get uh, installed here. And then everybody goes to work saying, all right, let's do this. This will be great. And we've stuck with it. And I think we've got the players that can run it well. We've got the offensive line that has done well. And it all really keys on that offensive line. And uh, it's been very good. I I think that's it. Just having a plan, sticking with it, and getting everybody to buy into that wide zone offense. John, Coach Aranda has, uh, although it was a brief stay at Utah State uh, in that 2012 season, he does have a connection to Utah. He actually coached my brother up there, and uh, he's a defense. He was a defensive coordinator at Utah State and a defensive-minded guy, obviously, at LSU in Wisconsin prior to coming here to Baylor. What mentality has he brought to the program at large, but as Jason just covered the offense, to this Baylor defense because it seems to me they're playing well on both sides of the ball. Yeah, really solid defense as the numbers would bear out. And, uh, you know, it's just that's his background. That's his pedigree. You know, he lets Ron Roberts, the D.C., call the plays defensively. But it is it is really his background and his pedigree. Uh, and this defense has helped this year by 10 returning starters. We got 10 guys back. We got a lot of veterans. You'll see in that uh, secondary, they're all veterans back there. And the defensive front is pretty much all veterans except for Apu Ika, 
who's originally from Salt Lake City and transferred here from LSU. But uh, it, just a really solid defense. And, and really, Baylor, this team this year is built on, number one, the foundation of a strong defense, and number two, a strong running game. So, so those two things, Jeff Grimes is right in the middle of that running game. That's what this team would like their identity to be. We're talking with John Morris here on Cougar Pregame Live. He is the voice of the Baylor Bears. And, John, even when teams are playing well and winning games, there's always areas that can improve. What are those areas for the Bears right now? Maybe uh, consistency. You know, our one loss was at Oklahoma State two weeks ago and just didn't run the ball, couldn't run the ball against that Oklahoma State defense and couldn't throw it that day to to open up the run. Uh, Oklahoma State was really stacking the box, and we just couldn't get them out of it. So it just needs to be more consistent. When a team stacks the box, and West Virginia did it last week, you got to be able to throw to get them out of that, to get them to back off. And it happened last week. It did not happen against Oklahoma State. So just got to be able to, uh, I guess, to be more diverse when you need to and just be more consistent overall. John, what sense this week has the team given you, both coaches and players, of what might worry them or what they feel like they have to be prepared for first, or what threats does this BYU team pose against Baylor? Well, Jaron Hall, I guess you start with him. Really impressed with him, and, and our coaches across the board are very impressed with uh, BYU. Great respect between the two head coaches and the two staffs, obviously. Uh, but Jaron and what he can do and how dangerous he is. Uh, Coach Aranda told me, you know, he's like a couple of quarterbacks we've seen already this year who can make plays with his legs when he needs to. Um, so very multidimensional there. And then Tyler Algiers is just a – he's kind of like a, a, a bowling ball with knives, right? And and he's, he's obviously going to be a focal point today to try to slow him down. I don't know if you stop him, but try to slow him down. So those are a couple of things. And, Again, just great respect for the scheme and the uh, the coaching and, and the well-preparedness for BYU today. John, today may be a little different because it's homecoming, so that obviously brings its own festivities and things around it. But um, as I'm sure you've seen already and you'll see in future years once BYU gets in the conference, BYU travels very, very well. Um, give everybody that may be there now or planning to go to Waco for future games, give everybody an idea of what a game day is like around McLean Stadium. Well, I'm looking out the booth window right now and look out at our touchdown alley, and it's just uh, – now, this is perfect because the weather's perfect. It's homecoming, and it's a mid-afternoon game, not an 11 a.m. game like we had last week. But there's just tailgating galore out there, and we're right on the banks of the Brasses, so uh, folks will tailgate and they'll sailgate. They'll pull their boat up and dock it and come right into the stadium. Uh, stadium is a horseshoe-shaped stadium, and the open end is toward the river and toward the Baylor campus. So I, I just – think it's one of the most uh, picturesque stadiums that we go to anywhere in the country and then our athletic facilities are all right just off campus and just down the river and you can look down I was showing showing Greg you know where our football practice field is where the uh, Farrell Center is where the Baylor ballpark is all of those are just right down the river so I, I think your fans when they come here they'll enjoy walking around on campus where we've got two live bear mascots uh, you want to go by and see them and then uh, you can walk uh, right over here and walk across the bridge to the stadium which a lot of fans will do today so I'm biased but I think it's just a great great setting for college uh, football and college athletics. 
John, this BYU team is not one that uh, kind of gets out and gaps their opponents. They like to keep th- like, almost like a wrestling match or a, you know a, a prize fight in a boxing match. Baylor, a- at least in recent weeks, has kind of got out and, c- and cruised some easy wins. I know the Iowa State game was a tight one, uh, but it, in a tight game, what from the Baylor viewpoint, what has to happen in order to come out on top? Yeah, and Riley, I expect a four-quarter game today. I, I think that's the way both teams play, and I think it's going to go you know to the fourth quarter before this one's decided. Uh, Baylor's got to be able to run the ball like we talked about. Uh, offensive line has to do their job. We've got two really good running backs. You'll see them interchanged, Abram Smith and Treston Ebner today. And then our defense uh, and our defensive front has to find a way to slow down the offense of BYU and slow down their offensive front also. I mean, those are very basic things, but I think they're really key for Baylor's success. And our turnovers uh, have been really good this year. We're plus six in takeaways, and, and that has been really a trademark of Dave Aranda coach teams uh, last year and this year. So we'd like to stay on the plus side of the takeaways today. John, thank you so much for uh, stopping by and taking a few minutes. It's uh, It's been a pleasure to talk with you a couple of times and get to know you and certainly look forward to many, many more years uh, being able to do things like this. Thank you so much for the insight. Have a great call today. Well, same here, Jason. I appreciate that. you got to make the trip next time, all right? That's, that's the hope. Greg that's the hope, yes. Here. Yeah, you got to come next time. I appreciate you having me on. There we go. That is the voice of the Baylor Bears, John Morris. Coming up next in Cougar Cuts, are the players panicking after losing one game? You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Before we get to Cougar Cuts, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. With a poor performance against Boise State, look, BYU still 5-1 and and ranked 19th. Gunnar Romney says this team is not going to panic. You know, obviously everybody wants to be undefeated. Everybody wants to be, uh, you know, the, the best team in the country. But I, I think this team's in a good spot. You know, we've been playing really good football. And I think if we use this game as sort of a wake-up call and kind of uh, bring everything back into perspective and start start doing the, what we know we can do, um, we, can, we can finish out a great season. I think the opposite of that, if we let this loss get to us, um, and, you know, we let it sort of turn the season. Um, that's not that's the, what we don't want to happen. So I think we can we can use this as a positive and go forward. But I think we're in a good position right now. And Riley, I mean, I agree with everything he said. If BYU can use the loss, you know, to to push itself forward and learn from it and not let it happen again, then then look, that's what sometimes in the in a season it takes something like that to kind of, you know, snap you back into shape. And I I think BYU is going into this game with the right mindset. I think so, too. And I think they're all chomping at the bit to get an opportunity to get that bad taste out of their mouths. And uh, I have no reason to, you know, distrust. Look at last year. Uh, the the Coastal Carolina, that was another game where they felt like there were opportunities missed and they gave one away and they came right back and finished the season as strong as ever. You can only hope for the same pattern to take place in the 2021 year. Okay, so Riley, there's obviously been a lot of talk about the familiarity. We've already talked about it on the show already uh, with Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos now in Waco. 
but familiarity runs both ways, obviously. So I guess the question is, who has the advantage? I want you to listen to BYU National Champion Center Trevor Maddich. He was a guest on BYU Sports Nation this uh, last Monday for his weekly chat, and he thinks the answer is clear. I want to get your thoughts after you hear this. Here's Trevor Maddich. Baylor has the advantage. And it's an important advantage. A lot of people think that when coaches or players go to a a team that you now have to play against, it's all about the calls. You'll make a call, you're calling audible, and they'll know exactly what you're doing. They'll know what the hand signals are. The problem is the defense can't rely on those signals and those audibles and things because they've got to figure that you're going to change them. And then at the key moment, you're going to call red, which normally means we're going to run the ball to the right. And you end up throwing a screen to the left just to fool them while they all take off to what they thought the call was going to be. So as a defense, you can't really rely on those calls. What gives them an advantage is understanding the strengths and weaknesses of individual players. Offensive linemen, for example. You know, if you know from practice that an offensive lineman has a problem with this particular move, you coach your guy to make that move all the time. So this is where the advantage lies because now those guys will know what the strengths are, what the weaknesses are, and how they can attack individual players. They can look at defensive backs, for example, and they can say, okay, if you stem your route a little bit inside, as soon as you see him turn your hips like this, his hips, you know exactly what he's going to do and where he'll be vulnerable and you cut over here, right? And they can build pass patterns uh, like those things. They can tell quarterbacks what to look for to know which guy's going to be open before he normally would. So these are advantages that they can have. So, Riley, I'm curious your thoughts on that. In If there's going to be an advantage on one side, Trevor believes it is a clear advantage for the Bears. Do you agree with that? I agree with Trevor. However, I might disagree with the magnitude of advantage that exists. And by that I mean let's not forget that in college football in 2021 – if you have a even a position coach job, you are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Most coordinators are making somewhere around a million, and head coaches are making millions of dollars, right, especially when you're talking in the P5 ranks. If you don't think that they already know if a player has a weakness against a certain pass rush move or if this guy doesn't move uh, well laterally or this d- defensive back or this offensive, you know, this, this guy only catches the ball going to his right or this defensive back is – is uh, susceptible to short routes or pump fakes, like you're not earning your salary. So, and, and the prevalence of game film, I actually as part of as part of this role, I get uh, I get certain access to the library of, of film study that the players get, and I could watch. I they have two full seasons worth of Baylor's games to watch that are out there, and maybe the players don't have the time to go through all that content, but you better believe that the GAs who are hired to do that job do that, and that the staff is going through each one of those. It's just too much at stakes. Their livelihood are at stakes, and every game in college football is too important to let any detail go by. So while there might be a little bit of personality that you can't pick up on film, the actual mechanics and technique of the game are out there for everybody, everybody to see. So whether someone was with you just last year um, it, I, I don't know that it matters much because even if they weren't in that position, whoever, whatever coach is occupying that would be looking at the same film and identifying the same weaknesses or strengths. It's interesting. I, I am curious to, to see how that affects one way or the other. I, it, it's certainly something we'll all be paying attention to this afternoon. All right, coming up next, Jacob Robinson started as an Aggie, but he's stoked to be a Cougar. Hear my Shep Talk with Jacob Robinson when we come back to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Getting you ready for 19th-ranked BYU on the road at Baylor. Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU defensive back Jacob Robinson committed to Utah State out of high school. He went to Orem High School, but after playing in four games for the Aggies in 2020, Jacob decided he wanted to return closer to home and play for the Cougars. It's time to get to know Jacob. By the way, Jacob with a K a bit more. Here is our conversation and a focus on Jacob Robinson in this week's Shep Talk. All right, Jacob, let's start here first. Jacob with a K. Obviously, it's not the most common spelling of Jacob. Is there a story behind the spelling of J-A-K-O-B where your parents just want to do something different? Uh, I think they just want to do something different. I'm not, they haven't really told me anything about that. But do you, like, do you like having it spelled differently? Does it make you feel unique? Yeah, if someone spells it with a C, it bugs me. I don't know why, but I just like the K. It just looks cool. So this is your first year with the Cougars after transferring from Utah State. First and foremost, take me back to that decision. Why was BYU the place for you? Um, I just wanted to be closer to family. I wasn't really liking it up in Logan. There's a bunch of coaching changes, just a lot of drama up there. So I just wanted to be closer to family. And, and How has that part of it been, being closer to family and having the family near and able to come to the games with ease? How exciting has that been for you and your family? Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. They come to every game. My dad bought like 10 season tickets for my whole family to come. And then I get some just for playing. So yeah, they're all there every time. So it's fun. Correct me if I'm wrong, but BYU and Utah state were the two scholarship offers you had. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So why, why Utah state? Why not BYU out of high school? Um, uh, so BYU is going to have me gray shirt and um, I didn't really want a gray shirt. I just thought I was ready to play instantly. And so went up there and got a year and then got to come back. You had mentioned that, you know, things just didn't work out the way that you thought they would at Utah State. You obviously had a chance this season to head back up there and, and play in a game, a game that BYU won, a game that you obviously played a role in in terms of a, of a game-saving interception. What did that game in Logan mean to you? Well, it meant a lot. Um, I feel like if I wouldn't have made the interception at the end, they would have given me a lot of crap, but... <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. I think. How much talk back and forth was there? Cause obviously there's guys on the team from when you were there. I got to imagine that was probably a pretty wild night. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like crazy. Like if I was on their sideline, they'd say stuff, but like, I know it was joking cause I'm super good friends with all of them still. So, so you guys have not played many road games this year. In fact, the game at Utah state was the only true road game, obviously played in Vegas, but we all know that was a home game essentially. Now that you're heading on the road this week to Waco, how much do you guys look forward to that challenge of going on the road? Because that's really the back half of your schedule is a lot of away games. Yes, sir. Um, I just think it's going to be like any other game. We're just going to play our best and make everyone play good. Now that we're halfway through the season, how would you guys on defense maybe evaluate the play overall on that side of the ball? Um, I just think just everyone doing their 111th, just making sure you're doing your one assignment that you're basically given and then not try to do too much. And then everyone just will perform to their best ability. All of the players have said what you mentioned in terms of playing your 111th. And I certainly understand that the concept behind that is everybody is part of the team. So everybody's got to do their own part in order for the team to be successful. How much easier is it when you break it down like that, that I, I just need to worry about my job? How much easier does that make 
it in the grand scheme of things. It makes it a lot easier just because you can focus on yourself, but like, you know, you have a team to back you up. For you personally, then, how has this season gone? You've got one of the six interceptions. You also have two pass breakups. How would you evaluate yourself so far this year? Um, it's been fun. So they just moved me to nickel like oh two weeks before the first game. So it's a new position. It's been pretty hard to get a hang of it, but I like it so far. Take me through what the emotions have been like with this year with obviously starting out five and oh, I know it was difficult to lose the game to Boise state, but such a great start to the year and being ranked in the top 25 and, you know, people talking about you on, on ESPN and all the college football shows. What has that been like for you and for this team to be able to have that type of exposure and exciting begin to your season? Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, just like a lot of media attention for everyone, I feel like. But yeah, Kalani just tells us to stay humble and just do what we need to do. What's been the highlight of your season so far? And realizing there's still a lot more to go, but halfway through the year, what what stands out to you the most? What what do you remember about the first half of the year the most? Uh, beating Utah. Beating Utah for sure. Yeah, that was a crazy game. All the fans were so loud and yeah, it was just crazy. I think every BYU fan listening to this interview right now just uh, just yelled amen. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's focus on Baylor. Obviously, really good team. They also have a five-on-one record. Really good quarterback, great skill position players, a really efficient offense. What stands out about the Baylor offense when you guys look at them on the film? Um, so it is just like our offense kind of because Coach Grimes is there now. So just a lot of stuff like we've seen before, but just different people running it. How cool is this part in terms of looking forward to joining the big 12 and being able to face your first big 12 opponent, which eventually will end up being a conference opponent. What does that mean to you in terms of the, the fact that, you know, within another year and a half, you know, BYU is going to be in the big 12 and a P five program and that you're going to be a part of that. I just think it's a huge step for us um, coming like a good football team. Well, like we've been good, but, I think it's a bigger step for recruiting and facilities and everything. All right. Let's wrap things up with the final four. Your favorite BYU uniform combination is what? Um, I'm going to go with the all Royals. The all Royals. I'm telling you, it's the helmet that makes it. The helmet is so good. Okay. So now before we move on to the next one, how important is uniforms these days to players? Cause it didn't used to be that way, but it has become increasingly more and more important. Hasn't it? Yeah. I feel like just look good, feel good, play good. It's my motto. There you go. Hey, look, it's worked so far. The song, group, or artist that you were embarrassed to admit that you like? Um, the Four Seasons. You're going old school. Yeah, but I, I love them. Okay, so did you like your mom or dad play a lot of Four Seasons growing up and that's why you like them? Because that's like, that's going way back. Yeah, yeah. My parents are were born in like 1950s, so they're a little older, so. It always play four seasons. I loved it. My mom loves it most for sure though. Okay. That's good. I did not, the last couple of weeks, a couple of your teammates have said Olivia Rodrigo. That's oh. been the one as of late that I've gotten the most. Okay. Favorite well, athlete past or present is who? Reggie Wayne from the Colts. Okay. Why Reggie Wayne? Um, my high school number was 87 and he was number 87. So I just was always like, that's my favorite player no matter what. Yeah. One of the best wide receivers to ever play in the NFL. Can't go wrong there. All right, Jacob, last one. The best thing about being part of BYU is what? Fan base and all the love we get from everyone, for sure. 
Jacob, great stuff. It was good to uh, to talk to you for the first time. Thanks for taking a few minutes and uh, good luck in Waco against Baylor. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. That was this week's Shep Talk with Cougar defensive back Jacob Robinson. Coming up next, Riley Nelson takes us into the QB Reed talking a little Southern hospitality. You're tuned into Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, 19th-ranked BYU on the road. Just the second true road game for the Cougars this season, taking on the Baylor Bears. It is Baylor homecoming, and it's also time for our QB read with Riley. And uh, Riley, you got a couple of things, but you want to start off with a little Southern hospitality, don't you? Yeah, I just want to, uh, got in last night here into uh, Waco, flew into Dallas, and then I took a little pu- puddle jumper because if anybody's been trying to travel post-COVID, you know how hard it is to get a car. It was actually more effective to just uh, fly into Waco's little airport. Did you get a private plane did you (laughs) did you take a private plane from dallas to waco (laughs) i wish you know that's that game day budget where they fly in the guest picker (laughs) on wheels up uh we're not quite there but who knows with big 12 money we'll Mm. keep all the possibilities trickles down no but both in at the quick stopover in baylor and then on my little flight from dallas to baylor it's homecoming out here so there was uh they're coming i mean homecoming out in utah we have homecoming and it's a high school i mean you're gonna have a parade and there's an extra band number and in high school there's maybe a dance but homecoming is truly on on both my flights from salt lake and then from dallas to waco we're full of baylor people coming in for the homecoming game today so uh, but that's no that's no news to BYU fans about what football means in the state of Texas. But just some little you know conversations here and there in the airport or sorry in the airport in the hotel lobby. Um, everybody is just so glad that BYU is in. Most of them are saying good riddance to Texas and uh, saying they got tired of losing, <laughs> which is why <laughs> which is why they're bolting to the SEC. And they said, yeah, well, and they saw us coming. They wanted no piece of that either. So that's been fun. Uh, A lot of them have said, you know, because I've invited them all up to Provo, Jason, what do you think their answers have been about uh, coming up to Provo? Um, Well, is it a a specific question? Yeah, I just say, you know, we're we're happy to be down here. Can't wait to have you guys up in Provo. And then I'm normally met, well, if we can get scheduled in September, great. If it's Uh, October or later, I don't know. Well, I I thought it may have something to do with getting caffeinated beverages. (laughs) I thought that may be the question. That too. Well, there's another element of the – of the Southern hospitality. Of course, um, Baylor is a Baptist school. It's a private school that's uh, run by, let's see, I've got it right here on the call card. The Baptist General Convention of Texas is the official religious body that governs uh, Baylor University. And as as many Mormons have, uh, with the word of wisdom and other things, um, there's a lot of I guess misconceptions, and one of those was we didn't we don't drink caffeine, so we came into the press box today, and all the caffeinated beverages were removed from all the BYU uh, press box. So really, well, yeah. So while maybe slightly misguided, it was a tremendous show of hospitality. That's and awesome, consideration. though. Well, yeah, even though it was not needed, the fact that they went out of their way to do that is actually really cool. Yeah, and our engineers and even Greg and I said, hey, we've got uh, eight hours on air. We've got probably ten total hours of work here. We may need uh, a Diet Dr. Pepper. So if you could bring Oh, that you're in. in Dr. Pepper territory, my friend. 
That's another. I, I, by the way, for those planning on coming to Baylor in subsequent years, of course, there's the sail gating, and then the other two attractions are the Dr. Pepper Museum down here in Waco, Texas. They said you have to hit that up, and then uh, and then the Magnolia Enterprises. In, oh, uh, in oh, by the way, okay. Now I did not bring this up when we talked with John earlier in the show, but I, I had mentioned in that interview that he joined us on BYU Sports Nation yesterday. I found out he told us because I asked him if Chip and Joanna were going to be at the game. He said he expects them to be. They have a suite there at McLean Stadium. So you, you may need to go and see if you can see them. But he says, I haven't texted with Chip in the last couple of days. So John Morris, the play-by-play voice of the Bears, has direct communication with Chip Gaines. <laughs> he is on a texting basis. That's <laughs> impressive. Although Chip's more of a baseball guy, isn't he? But, uh, but, are, but they do support Baylor. I just thought that that was really, really cool. Yeah, no, so, I mean, it has been absolutely great being down here. And um, I don't know with with uh, the Mountain West history with TCU, I don't know if it will be as warm as welcoming. Probably but for not. Waco and, and Baylor University, it's been absolutely tremendous. All right, I got a little bit of a rant for you, Jason. Is that okay? Yeah, we, we got about 60 seconds. All right, here we go. How is it possible that both Arizona State and BYU are 5-1? and one? BYU beat Arizona State, and yet they are ranked – a spot ahead of BYU. Go figure, huh? I just, I just want to go on a little ra- – look, the rankings that matter are the college football playoff rankings. Those come out November 2nd. I guess it serves for controversy and, hey, you're talking about it, right? No bad press is – but here's another stat I, 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 uh, looked, I heard on game day today. Six out of the preseason top ten are out of the top ten, so there's only four left. And of those preseason top ten, three are unranked. It's absolutely crazy. The, the other reason I bring that up is not just because of BYU's slip, slipping behind Arizona State as frustrating as that is for me. But this Baylor team, I think, is worthy uh, of a ranking. And uh, But BYU, hopefully, it, I mean, we've got some, some of those rankings that are going to be wrestled for here today. BYU, I, although I don't think it's a sure thing if, if this game slips uh, gets away from BYU that they'll slip out of the top 25. I think Baylor's respectable enough. I do see this as an opportunity for Baylor to finally get in there. But here's how ridiculous it is. Baylor, who's had uh, – uh, you mentioned at the top of our show, they are top 25 in no less than a dozen categories, and yet they're ranked behind two lost teams, three of which from the from the SEC. We all know about the SEC b- bias and how much everybody listens to Paul Feinbaum, right? <laughs> but, but you've got Arkansas, Florida, and A&M, all two lost. But here's the atrocity. Baylor at 5-1, and one, having beaten – you know, uh, beaten some very quality teams, including a, a ranked uh, Iowa State team. Two lost Texas has, is ranked. I mean, the the powers that be just cannot uh, cannot help themselves when it comes for wanting Texas to be back. But anyway, the rankings. Uh, I guess what I'm just saying is, uh, BYU fans join with me and not really caring until the college football playoffs. But the last thing I'll say is. When those do come out in November, BYU's got some great opportunities, starting with the opportunity here today to build that case to be in the conversation as those college football playoff rankings come out in November. Yep, all BYU needs to worry about right now is winning football games, and that starts today with Baylor. Coming up next, we will visit with the voice, Greg Rubel. Cougar pregame live rolls on on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented as always by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU, Baylor from Waco, Texas, and joining us now from the press box 
at McLean Stadium. He is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg, and a hearty welcome to Cougar Pregame Live. Well, thank you, Jason, and uh, kudos to you for after a 12-inning workday <laughs> yesterday yes. Yes. Uh, being up and at Adam to start the long broadcast day today with us. And after we sign off the air tonight, uh, you're going to be continuing your day over at Southfield with a soccer call tonight. So uh, uh, a very uh, action-filled weekend for you. Three sports in two days. Let's go. Let's go. Look, uh, last night the baseball game ended a tie. Um, and obviously Football hoping to be not end in a tie. yes, hoping that uh, that things get started today with a with a win, and and I guess in order to do that, BYU is going to need everybody available. Uh, are there any personnel updates? Uh, and just for the sake of argument, how about we ask you about the quarterback position? Yeah, one one of these weeks, the quarterback story won't be a story, but it is still uh, today. Uh, we do know that Jaron Hall will start because he did last week and got through the game relatively unscathed. But uh, it's it's a week. It's another week of uh, of healing, right? Another week of not taking a hit. Another week of uh, uh, of taking starters reps. And so Jaron Hall will be the guy today, backed up by not Baylor Romney, but Jacob Conover. And so Conover is the two, and Kalani telling me moments ago that uh, Baylor Romney will dress, at least the plan was to have him dress and be the three today. So that would uh, indicate that uh, Baylor Romney is not as far along as uh, as he would need to be to be a more active participant than a third string today. So it's uh, Jaron's game with uh, Jacob being the next option, and, and Baylor, I guess, would be uh, only an emergency consideration if that. And again, the word is he'll dress but is not uh, one of the top two QBs today. Uh, Cougs do lose an offensive lineman who started last week. Um, and the O-line, it's kind of a, uh, a storyline that hasn't gotten a lot of press, but um, it's been a, quite a rotation on the O-line uh, so far through five and now six games. Uh, Joe Tukuafu will be out at right guard and back in is Connor Pay. And Connor has started there. It's not like he hasn't started there before. Uh, but Connor's back in at right guard. Campbell Barrington remains at right tackle because Harris Lachance is not yet ready to go. So Freeland, Barrington, MP, Pay, and Barrington. Clark at the left guard and Campbell at right tackle. The next two linemen in would be Braden Kime and Seth Willis. So I've got seven on my board today, and those are the seven with no Lachance and no Joe Tukawafu today. The good news is uh, Mason Wake was back on the practice field this week and getting reps, and, and that's maybe a loss, too, that maybe doesn't get a lot of consideration, but he's a big part of what BYU wants to do offensively and uh, he will return as that tight end fullback hybrid today and give BYU some more blocking strength that they lack without Mason Wake on the field. And of course, he does have a handful of touchdowns to his credit as well. So uh, bodies back and bodies missing, and that's the situation on offense uh, today, Jason. Defensively, uh, not a lot to report. I think, uh, fortunately, it was a pretty clean week last week against Boise and a pretty clean practice week as well. So uh, pretty much everyone accounted for uh, defensively with those changes on offense, as I noted a moment ago. And can I just say, before you ask me anything else, mm -hmm. and you and Riley and John Morris have already talked about it, but what a beautiful setting. I mean, just what an amazing setting for a football game on the banks of the Brazos River. And this is only a seven-year-old stadium, and it looks and feels still brand new. The press box is, uh, is spacious. The broadcast booth is uh, tremendous it's large the, the location we're out on the 40 yard line uh, just what a what a great uh, venue to you know start the introduction if you will Shep to the Big 12 and Big 12 life for BYU 
Yeah, that's uh, well, and we've heard of all the hospitality. I've I've retweeted a lot of your stuff in terms of what they've done in the press box to personalize things to to BYU and to the broadcast crew. Just uh, first class stuff. I think that's really cool. Yeah, the hospitality is uh, second to none, and uh, everyone's been experiencing it and talking about it. And um, again, I'm looking forward to this being a conference rivalry uh, for years to come. Greg, part of that hospitality, John Morris, the Baylor play-by-play guys, came in. You guys were chatting for quite a while. It sounds like, as far as their depth is concerned, that's one of the contributing factors to their 5-1 and one record is they do have their full contingent of players. Is that true? Yeah, and, and they've been uninterrupted continuity on the offensive line and quarterback, whereas BYU's been shuffling and, and creating different combinations each week between the QB and the O-line. Uh, Baylor's been rock steady through six games. Only six guys have started at quarterback and O-line. Uh, which means everyone's been present and accounted for for every snap, a starting snap at least, and that's not been the case for BYU. Uh, there's one question for the Bears at cornerback. Uh, Kalen Barnes, uh, traditional starter, has been replaced by Al Walcott the last couple weeks, but and Walcott's played well, but uh, they do expect Kalen Barnes to start opposite Ra- Raleigh Tejada. I mention that because uh, Barnes is part of a pretty stout five-man secondary, and Baylor does play the 3-3-5. Those five defensive backs, including Barnes, have started a combined 105 games. So a lot of continuity in the back five and a lot of continuity in the front five on the other side of the ball for Baylor when you talk about the O-line and the defensive secondary. And again, 3-3-5 is what you're going to see. And in terms of offense, Jason, what you're going to see is a lot of what you saw with, uh, with Jeff Grimes, uh, which is a lot of pre-snap motion. Uh, whether it's uh, phony or real, fly sweep, it's a big part of what they do. Double tight end shifts. Um, again, you watch Baylor film and, and you see what you've basically been seeing BYU do yeah. uh, for the last few seasons. And so it's been talked about greatly, uh, the fact that both teams will have to make some modifications, adjustments to how they communicate just because of that familiarity. And that's another subplot for today. Greg, thank you so much for the insight. Riley, we will let you go as well. And, and Greg, uh, make sure once the game is done, uh, maybe you can uh, ask Riley if he'll let you tag along on his private plane as he flies home. <laughs> Greg's flown enough American Eagle over the years, I'm sure. He doesn't uh, He doesn't need to be in one of those tin boxes. Uh, you know, uh, give me Delta or give me death. Uh, that, that's, that's, that's what I say. Greg, thank you so much. Riley, thank you so much. We'll let both of you go, and we'll hear from you coming up in about a half an hour. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chip. All right, guys, coming up on the other side, we will have the third member of the broadcast crew. That is Mitchell Juergens. He will join us after a very quick 10-second break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Number 19, BYU on the road at Baylor. A preview of things to come when BYU officially joins the Big 12 in 2023. Jason Shepard with you. The show is Cougar Pregame Live, and it is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Happy to be joined by our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens. And Mitchell, you got some good weather. Uh, everybody's talking about it being in the 70s today. Sun is shining, and uh, look, it's two five and one team. So not only is the weather going to be good, the game should be good. Yeah, no, I mean this is uh, honestly a perfect setup. It's uh, hey, it's Texas football. This is what I grew up in, and um, I, I mean couldn't be more excited. I think it's it's a perfect day for a football game. Yeah, you're not that far from home, uh, being from the Houston area. Uh, let's uh, let's focus on. Last week and the reason for the loss, and that's certainly turnovers, that has not been an issue this season. However, 
it did cost BYU last week against Boise State. Are you concerned, or are you just chalking it up to one game? Yeah, for this one, Jason, honestly, I'm just chalking it up to one game. Um, when, when you look at it, I mean, it was wet, it was cold, it, it, it was a different situation. Um, you know, the, obviously the, the fumbles were from our very reliable backs, Lopini and Tyler, who they're not prone to put the ball on the ground, right? If you look previously um, at, at their history and carrying the ball, I mean, they're, they're not two that are prone to fumble. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be a, an ongoing issue. I mean, you're going to have um, a ball on the ground occasionally, uh, but also with what happened last week, I, I, I have a pretty strong idea that, uh, you know, the coaches are going to force ball security. Um, they're going to, you know, make that an overemphasis point here in this game today um, and, and for the rest of the season. And so I think, you know, Tyler and Lopini specifically, I mean, they're going to make every extra effort to just ensure that they're holding on to the ball. Um, the one thing that I will say, though, with that is um, I, I want to make sure that BYU is aware of, uh, you know, not playing timid or scared to yeah. fumble because w when you do that, that's that's honestly when mistakes happen, whether it's fumbles, whether it's other things. you gotta be, you got to play loose, got to, you know, run around and, and play as you're prepared to do it, but just, you know, always be aware of ball security. It's uh, So, no, I, I don't think it'll be too much of an issue uh, moving forward. Look, there's no way of really knowing if this is accurate until you get to the end of the year, and then you can look back and make this kind of judgment. But on paper, Baylor right now looks to be the best team BYU will face the rest of the season. When you look at the Bears, what stands out to you in terms of challenges for BYU today? Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a very good football team with incredible athletes, right? This, this team plays, um, I mean, they can put up points effortlessly. Um, season over season, and I mean, we can see that. If you just dive into the statistics this year, right, they're averaging 38, over 38 points a game um, and then averaging under 18 points again. So that's a, I mean, that's a 21-point difference between the two, which is, you know, extremely healthy for a football team. Um, you know, uh, offensively st st uh, speaking, statistically, um, they're averaging over, you know, 460 yards a game and a very balanced attack, 233 through the air and 227 on the ground. Um, and so they're they're more than just a one-dimensional team. They're very balanced, which poses its challenges. Um, but for me, if I'm looking at kind of the biggest thing as to why uh, or what challenges the Bears are going to present is this team competes, right? They went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Oklahoma State. They're undefeated. Um, had things gone their way, you know, Baylor ten today is a is an undefeated ranked team. Um, they, they've pulled out some close wins uh, against Iowa State. They blew out West Virginia. And, uh, I mean, on paper, West Virginia doesn't look like they're having the best season, um, but they've gone toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I, I think it was Oklahoma, Texas Tech. They, uh, they almost beat them. And so I mean, this is a team that competes. I expect this game to come down to the fourth quarter, and, um, and it's you know, up to BYU to come out uh, victorious and, and put up a, a, you know, a good showing against a team that's going to battle back. I think we're all expecting a bounce-back performance. Whether or not that means a bounce-back win obviously remains to be seen, but we expect a bounce-back performance for BYU. What area do you expect to see the biggest bounce-back in? Yeah, I mean, first thing, ball security. I think that's a given, right? With what happened last week, it's as I mentioned before, it's going to be an overemphasis by the coaches to take care of the ball. Um, and, and so I see that improving. But if I'm going outside of ball security, I think scoring in the red zone, right? It felt, uh, it felt pretty uncharacteristic 
um, last week to see them crumble in the red zone, right? They, uh, they've been so good. Um, uh, you put punching the ball in, whether that's in the end zone or field goals, um, this whole season and last week it didn't happen. Um, and uh, so I see them getting back on track, um, led by Aaron Roderick. I, I think he's going to have um, his play calling dialed in. Um, we'll, we'll see kind of how much more they let um, Jaron kind of do what Jaron does. Jaron be Jaron. That's going to be, yeah. If that's going to be something uh, that's going to help. And so I see them, you know, getting in the red zone, staying consistent as they've been all season, just not last week. Um, and getting back on track there. Okay, so that kind of leads into my last question then for you. Staying on the offensive side for BYU, which offensive element do you expect to provide the biggest lift today? Is it the run or the pass and why? Yeah, based on the matchup, you know, either could have a day. You know, looking at, uh, at Baylor defensively, um, they don't seem to give up or lock down, you know, the pass or run um, consistently week after week as that changes based on I believe the opponent's strengths. Um, so for me personally, I mean, I see BYU making the jump in the run game. Um, they threw the ball for, for good yardage last week, but I, I just see them putting an emphasis on the rush attack tonight, establish the line of scrimmage early, and really have a chance to exert their dominance against a new Big 12 opponent. Um, they're going to want to make a statement today, and, and honestly, what better way to do that than for Baylor to say after the game, like, holy moly, these guys are big, they're strong, um, they're physical, and, and honestly, we couldn't contain them and Tyler Algier today. And so, um, and, and looking so far this season, Tyler is the MVP of, yeah. uh, of this BYU team, in my opinion. And after a loss like, like, like last week, I think you rely on him um, to get you back on top. And uh, so that's, I see a huge improvement in the run game. You rocking the pants or shorts today? It's pants, but uh, short sleeves okay. in this bright sun. So this is this is my happy place, Jason. This is uh, <laughs> I'm excited. You're in your home state, and it's 70 <laughs> degrees and sunny, and you're wearing a you're wearing a short sleeve polo. It's it's couldn't ask for a better situation. Well, and uh, and now hopefully uh, the Cougars can go out and uh, and pick up their sixth win of the year. Mitchell, great stuff, man. We'll hear you with Greg and Riley on the broadcast. Yep, thanks, Jason. There we go. On the other side, Baylor head coach Dave Aranda has faced BYU a lot over his career. Find out what he thinks of this year's matchup with the Cougars. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, nearing kickoff between BYU and Baylor. And it's time to hear from Baylor head coach Dave Aranda. Now, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos being on the Baylor staff this year is obviously one of the storylines of this matchup. But Coach Aranda takes a different approach than what you might think in talking about it. Grimes's uh, knowledge just from last year, I think, is always going to be, you know, it's, it's funny, you know, I always want to be respectful of that. You know, I, I think back when I was at Wisconsin and, and I left uh, to go to LSU and the first game at LSU was at Lambeau Field versus Wisconsin. And I remember coming out of the tunnel you know, the new colors and everyone's stretching for Wisconsin. They're all kind of stopped to wave at me. It was just so, so awkward, right, from my part and theirs. But it, there's a lot of emotion that comes with that. But I just remember throughout that week and or through the lead up of that in the summer and everything, you're grateful for being on a new team and for 
everything that's been done for you at the same time you're still respectful for the team that you were on and for um, their investment in you and those relationships and so I try to be really um, honed in on what we're asking what's important what's not and so that um, Jeff and Eric and then Matt Mitchell's with us too so that they feel that they are um, you know they can say what they want to say and, and not have to say something that they don't feel they are not comfortable with and so I think you know their input just on philosophies and stuff I think is going to be helpful for us. That was an interesting answer. I, d- I did not expect that type of response because normally if you're in that situation it's like hey you were on this team last year I want to know everything the fact that he's taking an approach like I don't want to push them into giving up something that they don't want now obviously both Coach Grimes and Coach Mateos can divulge whatever whatever they're comfortable with. I just did not anticipate a head coach taking that approach that they he want to they want to respect it and and if they don't want to say something there he's not going to push him. I, I thought that was certainly uh, an interesting angle to take for Coach Aranda uh, as we found out and we expected as well. Jaron Hall once again will get the start. He obviously is healthy enough to play and hopefully healthy enough to be full Jaron Hall in terms of his ability to scramble and run the ball. Coach Aranda was asked about facing Hall. You know, I have a lot of respect for him and for their their attack. I think there is a great competitiveness there and a great instinct there. And so it's just more layers to their approach with him and what he can do. And so that's something we're looking at right now. I think it really, if it doesn't start there, it's closely is closely followed there. With Baylor's Big 12 schedule already underway, Coach Aranda was asked about jumping out of conference, at least for the time being, to face a team like BYU. I look at a team, you know, and Kalani, I've known Kalani for a long time, have known Ed Lamb. Ed was at University of Redlands when I was at Cal Lutheran. I, I want to say he was at University of Redlands when I was at Redlands High School, you know. And so I've known Ed for a really long time. I think Kalu and Redlands are big rivals, and I remember I can remember meeting with Ed and talking DB play, and we weren't really supposed to be doing that because of the rivalry. And I remember visiting with Ed when he was at University of San Diego. I was at Delta State with Ron Roberts, and I left Delta State to go to Southern Utah when Ed was the head coach there. I was there for maybe two months before Hawaii, but. Uh, a lot of respect for him. You know, Elisa worked with at Utah State. Kevin Clune worked with at Utah State. A lot of these guys I know and have a ton of respect for. And so I know that BYU is going to be an angry team, and they're going to be motivated, and they're going to want the stage to show that they belong. And so I think, you know, I think from a big picture view, I can see kind of that question. I think from our seat and what's in front of our windshield, it's more of um, here's a team that's looking to prove something with bringing some intensity that we have to exceed. From a defensive standpoint, Coach Aranda believes for his defense to be successful, the number one goal has to be trying to stop Tyler Algier. Yeah, physical. Looks like it's a linebacker playing running back. I think it may start with him. You know, we were just talking just a minute ago. I think it, it may start with him and just the driver of that attack and the physicality. So he has an eight-yard run, falls forward, gets up off of a, a linebacker that he just put in the ground. I think that drives the offense. And I think everything kind of um, is energized by that. And so I think that is a focal point. I think we have faced running attacks before, but not to the level of this. And so um, can see it, believe it. Now it's up to us to stop it. Well, and one thing that's interesting to pay attention to, yes, it has not cost Baylor games because they're obviously 5-1, and one, but they have 
against just about every team they face, giving up yards on the ground. Teams have been able to run against this defense, and as, and as he just mentioned, you know, they're, this is going to be the best back they're going to have faced to this point. So uh, I look for Tyler Algier to have a big, big day. And certainly uh, you've got to assume he's extremely motivated after, uh, after the fumble last week. He wants to get back out there and, uh, and get right back on track. We'll stay with the Baylor defense. Coach Aranda believes his defense took a big step forward last week and hopes that continues this week and moving forward. I think this defense here is still finding its identity. I think really I felt for the first time Saturday we put some stuff on tape. I think previous to that there was a big play here or a big play there and it was those big plays were were intermittent between you know, eight guys playing something the right way, a couple of guys not. Nine guys playing things the right way, a couple of guys not. And so I think the most consistent effort that we've had has been the Saturday. So for us to build off of that, you know, I think the level of um, of off of offenses are only going to increase here as we go. And so um, our aptitude and our intensity must increase too. And finally, back to BYU joining the Big 12, Coach Aranda was asked how he thinks the Cougars will fit in the league. The long view of it is I think they're going to be a great fit. I think the physicality of them um, play BYU when I was at Hawaii. The last game I think I had at Hawaii, we got fired shortly thereafter and then went to Utah State and played them. And then went to Wisconsin and played them. And then LSU played them. And so now here. And so there's a lot of respect for BYU, for their physicality, for their maturity, for their toughness. They are very much the, um, there's a lot of athleticism there, uh, but they're very much the gym rat that's the bully, that's the, you know, they have been able to pull out wins. Uh, all different types of ways and so just when I was at Hawaii and at Utah State felt that very much just with the, the coaching circles that I was with at that time since that time I've had just a ton of respect for them and then now knowing their coaches and the direction that they're headed and what uh, Kalani has really been able to um, to grow there a lot of respect it's going to be a good matchup those are the comments this week from Baylor head coach Dave Aranda when we come back We'll check out some other action in college football and wrap up Cougar pregame live when we return on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Let's jump into top 25 games going on elsewhere. Fourth quarter just underway. Number three, Cincinnati taking care of business at home over UCF, 42-14. to Also getting ready to begin the fourth quarter, Indiana trailing at home to number 10, Michigan State. Spartans up 17-9. to Number 25, Texas. Two points better right now than Oklahoma State. It is 24-22 Texas with 10 minutes to go in the fourth. Also in the fourth, Auburn leading at number 17, Arkansas 31-23. LSU and number 20, Florida tied at 35 apiece. And Missouri at home trailing Texas A&M, 21st ranked Aggies with a 35-14 lead over Mizzou. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Grubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Cougar Pregame Live was brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show presented by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. Also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by a local Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas, where today the 5-1 BYU Cougars battle the 5-1 Bears of Baylor. First meeting between these two teams since 1984 when the Cougs beat Baylor for the second win in their 13-0 national championship season. I am your play-by-play commentator, Greg Rubel. With me in the booth is the slinging, scrambling southpaw himself, the former BYU quarterback, Riley Nelson. And for the first time this season, BYU is in bounce-back mode. Hopes of a perfect season dashed last Saturday in a giveaway-filled game against Boise State. The Cougs' minus-four turnover margin cost them a chance at victory, and BYU now faces P5 programs in three consecutive weeks with two of those games on the road beginning today here in Waco. And Riley, time will tell, but uh, Baylor probably right there with Arizona State as one of the best teams the Cougars will face this season. And if Utah, say, beats the Sun Devils tonight, uh, Baylor could indeed be the best of the bunch. Baylor, most definitely they could, Greg. Baylor comes into this game looking to answer some questions of their own, not necessarily coming off a deflating loss like like BYU, but BYU or Baylor came away with a win against ranked Iowa State, but then followed that up with a loss to Oklahoma State. And so they, five, six games into this season, are looking to prove that they are legit, just as BYU is looking to come back, show that last week was an anomaly, that they truly belong in the conversations as one of the best teams in the country. All this culminating in what should be a tremendous game here this afternoon. Coming up next, we will hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake on battling the Bears and matching wits with former offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes on the opposite sideline as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Kalani's interview is coming up next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Back in Waco, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so we are live inside McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas for Baylor Homecoming, the school boasting the nation's largest homecoming parade and Baylor claims to be the first university to feature homecoming celebrations dating back to 1909. Today's homecoming opponent, the BYU Cougars, with both teams a 5-1 on the season. The Cougars coming in ranked 19th and 20th in the two major polls. Baylor ranked for a week after defeating number 14 Iowa State, as Riley noted. Then a loss to Oklahoma State the following week uh, knocked Baylor out of the polls. A win over BYU would put the Bears back in the top 25, where they are 27th and 28th 
coming into this week. Well, after three straight weeks of uh, question marks surrounding the identity of BYU's starting quarterback, uh, things a little more defined this week as uh, Jaron Hall got the start last Saturday and made it through the game more or less unscathed. He'll start again today, but uh, as to who will back him up, well, well that remains a discussion point uh, with Baylor Romney uh, recovering from a head injury, did not dress last week, and was being brought along slowly this week. So a short time ago, I was in the BYU locker room for my pregame chat with head coach Kalani Sitake, and we talked about where his quarterback depth chart stands for this Saturday matinee in the Lone Star State. Yeah, we'll have uh, Jaron take the, the, the starting role, backed up by Jacob Conover, and Baylor Romney will be third uh, with um, Soldier Maelva as, as well. Well, it's good to have Baylor back in the mix, even in a backup backup capacity. Yeah, he was able to do a little bit more in practice this week. Um, still not 100%, but it's good to get him in the mix and get him on the travel squad and, and have him get dressed. That's going to be good for him and good for the progress that he's making with his health. It's been a while since you guys got on an airplane to go somewhere. Uh, yeah. how, how's, how's the week gone on the weekend so far? It's been good. I mean, the guys, it, it you know, being on the road uh, forces you to be together as a team, forces you to be focused and, and not a lot of distractions for us. You know, we stayed about uh, what, four. 40 minutes away from here, and that's kind of what all the visiting teams do. And uh, it was an easy trip here. Our guys are ready to roll, and, and pregame, I'm liking what I'm seeing from them and their focus so far. Good Texas hospitality so far? Yeah, awesome. Great food. Um, you know, just, uh, you know, we, we were excited about the, the environment. It was nice. We got here. We had a lot of BYU fans here uh, supporting us, uh, as always, and really thankful for them. But looking forward to getting back on the field, especially after last week. Back to Jaron. Uh, how does he look this week, and is he incrementally better than he was even last week? Yeah, I mean, I think he feels a lot more comfortable um, than he did last week. And so we'll see in, in the way he plays. Uh, I think I, could, I think we can see a more improved Jaron as far as his health goes. Probably works for his psyche and his uh, you know, his, his uh, men, mental uh, situation as well, having a little bit more confidence, um, knowing that he's he's got had more time to heal up. And same thing goes for Baylor. Those guys, time time will will, will um, uh, be a, a, a good benefit for us right now, and, and hopefully it'll show with this uh, this game today. Okay, uh, you lose an O lineman today. Uh, Connor Pay will start for Joe Tukawafu at right guard. Yes, Connor will start at right guard, and and um, also Harris the chances isn't isn't uh, able to go, so we're going to play with Campbell Barrington. And he's done that before, and Connor's played and started as well. So uh, we feel good about those five guys, and, and the others will be ready, ready if they're, they're needed. When watching Baylor on offense, how much of it is like watching BYU on offense? Very similar. I mean, it's, it's a lot of the similar styles. I mean, I think a lot of the plays cross over. So, uh, and, and, you know, just different people running it, but um, very similar. I'm pretty sure there's the, the vocabulary. A lot of the stuff is, is very similar, too. So uh, it's going to be a familiar game. And uh, looking forward to, to just getting out there and playing. I, I don't think it, once the, the, the game starts, there's not a lot of time to really um, you know, access all that that thought on what the calls are. You're just trying to focus on what you're doing yourself. And, uh, you know, we're just looking to get out there and play assignment sound football on defense and offense and special teams. Is there anything distinguishing uh, Baylor offensively from maybe a plan you've been used to seeing from Coach Grimes before? Where do they maybe look a little different if there are any differences? Well, I mean, the, the quarterback is a good runner, and, and they use a couple running backs. So that If you look at the yards per carry, they're very dangerous. Um, big old line and a lot of talent in the skill position in receiver and tight end. So uh, I think they're, they're um, a tough matchup, whichever way they decide to go, whether they, they want to run the ball or, or throw, but they're very balanced. 
balanced. And I think uh, Bohannon's a really good athlete. I think he's that might be underrated when people haven't seen um, the way he runs and how explosive he can be as an athlete. So it's going to be a, a tough task for us to keep him bottled up, but we're going to have to do it. What characterizes a Dave Aranda defense or this defense for Baylor? Yeah, uh, they, they create turnovers and they cause havoc and they don't give you easy plays. And, and so um, they make you earn everything. And I, th- I think, uh, you know, A-Rod and the boys have, have something ready for it. And we'll see how it matches up with what we're doing on defense. I think we're, we're going to play some complimentary football t- today. And, and uh, But I want our guys to be themselves, too. I, I don't want to go away from our identity. I think our identity is going to be uh, – has to be shown tonight and what we're going to be as an offense – and uh, that, that that usually comes out when you're playing really good, solid defenses like, like Baylor is and how Dave Randall leads his team. Whether it's the fact you're coming off a loss or the fact this is a you know future conference rivalry in, in the making, well, what's motivating this team this week, do you think? Well, losses are tough, but sometimes it's good to be humbled a little bit, you know, and, and that's from everyone. That's from myself to the coaching staff to the players, uh, maybe even to the fans. But uh, I'm not really worried about the fans. I control what we do as a team and the program with, with uh, the players and the, and the coaches. And what we're going to do is just try to get ready, learn from what we've, the mistakes that we've made before, and really learn from the entire six, six games that we've had. Um, we're midpoint right now. There's a lot of opportunities for us to self-scout and self-evaluate, and there's some really, really big moves that we can make and improvements that, that really uh, very low-hanging fruit for us. And so if we can get those adjustments made, I like the prep. I like the week. I say this every week, but this week felt a little different, and I, I think it had to do with the, the focus. And, um, you know, I don't know how many guys really check social media right now this week because uh, they probably know what's on there. And so uh, sometimes when you, you're humbled and you go through some losses, it allows you to refocus better than anything else. I mean, that's as, as tough as it is to admit it, that sometimes these things, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a good teaching moment. And um, my, my job is to make sure that we all learn from it, including myself. How close have you been to a 60-minute game the way you want to see it so far this season? I don't think it's the way I want to see it so far. I mean, in all three phases, I don't think it's clicked well enough. And um, But it probably has a lot to do with the teams that we're playing and the game plans and uh, probably a, a, a combination of a lot of little things like health and, and um Inexperience, you know, we, a lot of a lot of teams have, have mentioned that they return a bunch of production where we didn't, and yet um, we're seeing some new guys step up and make some big plays, and uh, you know, like a guy like Ben Bywater comes to mind on defense, and there's a lot of others that are stepping up and making plays, and um, now it's just for us to gel together and really become a cohesive unit. All right, the second half of the season starts today here in Waco. Kalani, thank you for the preview. Best of luck against Baylor. We'll talk to you post game. Let's go, go Cougs. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar kickoff show coming up next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth alongside Riley Nelson. Here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Once again... 
Good afternoon, good Saturday afternoon. Cougar Nation, we welcome you inside beautiful McLean Stadium on the banks of the Brazos River in Waco, Texas, where this afternoon two 5-1 teams meet in a big game for both for BYU. A chance to get back on track after a disappointing setback and keep higher-profile postseason hopes still alive. For Baylor, a chance to get back in the top 25 and pick up a second win over a ranked team this season. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson with you from our Built Bar broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver and Texas native Mitchell Jurgens reporting for us from field level and in the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our studio host is Jason Shepard. Our engineer is Michael Wimmer, our statistician is Ralph Sokolowski. Our spotter is Sean Firmage. Our in-studio engineers, Sean Fay and Barry Squires. Coordinating producer, Terry South. Control board operators, Corbin Radford and Tanner Graff. Our broadcast interns are Jake Roper here in Waco. Jacob Habel and Alex Dotson back in Provo in the BYU Radio Studios. And our stats interns are Ryan Hansen and Rex Moss. That is our crew for you today. Great to have you with us, making us part of your Saturday on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are live around the globe on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app the BYU Game Day app, and the KSL app, as well as on BYUradio.org and BYUcougars.com slash live radio. Plus, you can hear us on over-the-air network affiliates in the Intermountain West, Utah, and Idaho. We advise you as well to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights, and you can also get those on the BYU Radio app and website. That is the rundown for all your listening needs. Well, time will tell just how big last week's loss to Boise State turns out to be this year. But if it were to be, let's say, the only loss of the season, well, it would be even harder to swallow, I imagine, because on a day where BYU had a better than two yards per play plus advantage and punted only one time, BYU lost solely due to turnover troubles. Extremely frustrating setback in a game that the Cougars quite literally gave away. On the flip side, BYU gets to the halfway mark of the season at 5-1 on pace for a double-digit win season with a schedule featuring seven P5 programs. And as they say, well, if someone told you BYU would be 5-1 through six games, would you take it? Well, the obvious answer is yes. And the fact is, were BYU to win out, the Cougars could still, Riley, be part of an interesting postseason discussion a couple of months from now. They most definitely have... Greg, when I played for BYU, Coach Mendenhall at that time in the Mountain West Conference and then in the early days of independence, it was always talked about how you need to have back-to-back seasons of really successful records if we were going to, at that time, break into the New Year Six. Well, that same uh, philosophy holds still today in 2020 and 2021. Uh, but all of that really doesn't matter if BYU doesn't take care of business today. I am really looking forward to the challenge that Baylor poses for this BYU team. And after listening to Coach Kalani's uh, comments, I'm excited to see what BYU does against that challenge. We will have more of the BYU Store Cougar kickoff show straight ahead. But before this break, we remind you to stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires for the lowest price on every tire, plus no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this live from Waco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
play action. Throws for the end zone. It's caught for a touchdown. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Baylor kicking off just after the bottom of the hour in the third all-time meeting between these two schools. The first ever get-together in Waco, different stadium, uh, took place back in 1983. BYU lost a wild one in the season opener, 40-36. to It was the only game BYU would lose that season. They would win their next 25 games, including a 47-13 home win over Baylor in 1984. That was part of BYU's national title run. Personal side note, Riley, first BYU football game I ever witnessed in person was BYU against Baylor back in 1984. Wow. Here we are again. On my student season tickets sitting in the south end zone. All right, here now in 2021, yes, indeed, the second-year head coach, Dave Aranda, leading Baylor against BYU and sixth-year head man, Kalani Sitake. And the bosses know each other pretty well. The staff's extremely familiar with each other's offensive approach. Baylor's offensive coordinator this year was BYU's OC in the preceding three years. That's Jeff Grimes. And Riley Jeff plays a central role here today in part because his presence at Baylor has forced BYU OC Aaron Roderick into what he says is a one-week overhaul of the Cougars' signaling and play-calling system. Uh, Same thing is happening to an extent on the other side of the field. Yeah, you don't want to overthink it. I mean, uh, Trevor Maddich did bring up a good point in the pregame show with Jason when he said if you get too much, they can use those signals against you or at least use your knowledge of their signals against you by switching it up in key moments. Bottom line, no matter however the play gets called, it needs to be communicated quickly. Guys need to line up. Guys need to know their assignment, and then they need to execute. We've seen some of the best BYU football teams. The other team has known exactly what they are going to do. They've kept it simple, and people still can't stop it. That's largely the task here today. It remains the same. Well, it is time now for today's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU is comfortable this season inside the red zone. BYU has scored on 21 of 23 drives inside the opposing 20-yard line. BYU 25th nationally in red zone scoring percentage, 34th in red zone touchdown percentage. Very good numbers. Now, one of the two red zone miscues this season was a failure to score last week after a first and goal at the Boise State three-yard line when BYU was trying to make it a one-score game, Riley. Aaron Roderick told me this week he was more disappointed in not scoring from the three than he was with maybe the three fumbles last week. I can totally see that because the, this BYU's off this BYU team's offensive identity is built upon being physical and owning the line of scrimmage. If you only have three yards between you and the goal line, it doesn't matter. You know, you should. It doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ball. You should be able to gain those three yards simply by being physical, by relying on your identity, which is being physical, pushing people around, and having a running back who mirrors that or matches that identity that your O line possesses. So, uh, I expect short yarded situations and BYU. I mentioned at the top of it, BYU I might be out to exercise some demons. I feel like uh, look for some aggressive play calling in short yardage, both third and fourth down and around the goal line. No messing around, no frills. Rely on your offensive line. Hand the ball off to your big running back as many times until the job gets done. 
All right, we are back with more of the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from McLean Stadium in Waco, Texas. It's a breezy day by the Brazos. We're on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. How can... Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Coming up, 5-1, 19th ranked BYU visiting 5-1, unranked Baylor. The Bears coming in two today on a three-game home win streak. Uh, Dave Aranda's second season uh, going better than his first one. Uh, Baylor went 2-7 in Aranda's first Waco go-round in 2020. Aranda known as a bit of a defensive mastermind. He has coached against BYU four times previously. His first game against the Cougars came when he was the defensive coordinator at Hawaii. The year, 2011. And starting quarterback for BYU, Riley Nelson, led the Cougars to a 41-20 win over Dave Aranda and his defense in Honolulu. I think he had a little bit different personnel group (laughs) out there on the islands than he's got here today with these Baylor Bears. What I remember about that game is a lot of cover, too. They played a lot of – and uh, they were unable to get pressure, which allowed a guy like me who was able to run around – uh, to do a couple of things. One, I would extend the play's lack of pressure. If fans may remember, you know, uh, a, a big play down the field to Cody, but Ross also had one. Ross Oppo, J.D. Falls have gotten the mix, even Marcus Matthews. Um, but uh, I think he was limited somewhat in his in his play calling for what he felt comfortable with that group. He feels watching film leading up to this game feels much more comfortable with his 11 defenders uh, with this Baylor Bears unit, and they're going to pose a much stiffer challenge for the BYU offense today than they did in Honolulu back in 2011. Well, that, uh, that 2011 season finale at Aloha Stadium was Aranda's Aloha. He was let go by Hawaii after that game. Uh, so, Riley, you played a part in Aranda's career path to an extent. After he was let go by Hawaii, he ended up at Utah State the next season. And that year he coached against BYU again. Uh, you were sidelined due to injury uh, for that one, but BYU did win that one memorably. 6-3 to three was the score. Uh, then for Aranda, it was off to Wisconsin and LSU, where he went 2-0 and in two games against BYU as their op- defensive coordinators. Now, Aranda's path has crossed with a number of BYU coaches over the years. He was on the same USU staff with Eli Satuiaki and Kevin Clune and Logan and knows Kalani really well. He, of course, brought three coaches from Provo to Waco for this season. Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos, and Matt Mitchell, who's a quality control assistant. By the way, I was on the field before Grimey came out, but while Eric Mateos was out, it was nice to spend some time uh, with Eric on the field uh, chatting about what he and Coach Grimes are getting done here in Waco. Good friends, Eric Mateos and Jeff Grimes of the BYU football program. And it was kind of cool, Riley, seeing Grimey and Coach Mateos and Kalani and Fessy and A-Rod all down at the 50, spending a lot of time together in pregame today. Yeah, coaching really is a brotherhood. I mean, these guys, this profession, I, I think everybody maybe – thinks they have an idea but no one really has a true sense of everything that these coaches go through and how much they dedicate their lives and how much their families sacrifice and so when you share all those long hours long nights early mornings in the staff room together and you part ways and then you get a chance for a reunion even if it hasn't been that long uh, you know it's a joyful occasion to be back out there with your brotherhood and we were able to observe that at midfield today during warm-ups and Riley among the storylines for today's game is that in seasons to come when we come 
come to Baylor, when BYU plays Baylor, it's going to count in the Big 12 standings. Uh, Baylor, of course, one of the teams BYU will battle for a conference crown. And even though it's a couple years away, it already kind of feels like there's one foot in. And just the reception that we've received, the team has received, President Worthen, A.D. Tom Holmo, the welcoming arms, making BYU part of the homecoming parade, for example. Uh, everything we're getting in every possible way says uh, the Big 12 could be a lot of fun for a lot of years to come. Well, when Big 12 fans heard the news that Texas and Oklahoma were abandoning ship, I think they were a little bit nervous about what might become of the conference. And there was talk, talk going on that maybe it dissolves. It, maybe it's only left with those eight teams. And at that point, it, was, it would be hard to argue that the conference uh, with that makeup was a p5 conference instead they added four very quality programs chief among them being byu not just with this football team but the total athletic department everybody who i've had the big 12 byu joining the big 12 discussion with down here in big 12 country is grateful for byu and believes that they are going to come in and and definitely maintain if not improve big 12 standing as an overall athletic conference and among the nice touches we've experienced uh, the fact that uh, here in our visiting radio booth they have pictures of the big 12 radio crews and they've already gone through the effort of making sure that uh, <laughs> you and me and mitch are, are already up on the wall here uh, so that's a pretty cool deal yeah, it really is, and uh, you, me, you and I meandered over into uh, the athletic, the visiting athletic director's booth, and they had a big placard with BYU's logo and the Big 12 Conference. I mean, there's uh, the the feeling of belonging, even though it's still two years out in the few in the future, is very strong. I mean, there's there's no doubt uh, there will be hotly contested games, and fan bases may butt heads occasionally in years to come. But uh, uh, generally speaking, I think both sides, and, and not just now, but, but I think in years to come, will appreciate uh, the, this new environment, being back in a league again, forging rivalries, having relationships, and it all kind of starts today in a way. By the way, a lot of green and gold. This is a sold-out stadium. It's not a huge stadium, 45,000. By the way, it's a beautiful stadium, and some might say perfectly sized in, you know, amongst P5 programs. 45,000 and uh, a lot of green and gold but a lot of royal blue, too, here. Really great to see how many BYU fans are joining us here at McLean Stadium. Coming up, we'll go down to field level here from Mitchell Jurgens after we tell you that mouthwatering Hawaiian-style food is just minutes away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. For fresh off-the-grill chicken, teriyaki steak, and sizzling shrimp, Coconut Island Grill has the island flavors your mouth has been waiting for. Text the word coconut with K's and not C's. Text the word coconut to 61090 for a free drink with your next meal. That's the word coconut with two Ks to 61090. That's 61090. The word is coconut with two Ks. The BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues after this, live from McLean Stadium in Waco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Run to the right side and right into scoring territory. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
complete with a flyover on this homecoming Saturday. The Baylor Marching Band and our national anthem here at McLean Stadium. And preceding the national anthem, right before we went to break, they had a prayer, uh, an invocation uh, here at the football game. And, and Riley, we've done this a little while. I don't recall other places with that uh, practice. It may have happened. I just don't recall. Certainly something we see for every BYU home game. And kind of nice to see uh, that touch uh, brought to the stadium here, something they do at, uh, at Baylor. And we were talking during the break, and you bring up a good point. You know, these are two... Uh, private faith-based institutions that are now joining forces in the Big 12 as well. And I think, obviously, we have that dynamic in the West Coast Conference, which doesn't exist today for football, but I think that could draw for some natural kind of, uh, obviously, similarities. And oftentimes, when you're similar, it somewhat turns into a rivalry, not one that, you know, gets... uh, that, that turns bitter or sour, but one that rather stays productive and fun uh, for both sides. But uh, an- another aspect, the prayer, just another aspect that's adding to the ambiance of this football setting today. He is Riley Nelson. BYU and Baylor coming up as the Cougars kick off the second half of their 2021 campaign. BYU playing outside the state of Utah for the first time since the season opener in Las Vegas. But it's BYU's first out-of-state true away game since last December's pop-up game at Coastal Carolina of BYU's final six regular season games this year. Four will be played on the road starting today. Today's game is also the first of three consecutive P5 contests. BYU opened the year with Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State. Now it's Baylor, Washington State, and Virginia in back-to-back-to-back weeks. Let's head down now to field level. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens. Mitchell reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you and Mitch. As a former Texas high school standout and longtime resident, born and raised in the Lone Star State, I know you're pumped to be back here, and uh, BYU has won its last four games in Texas, including last year's win in your hometown of Houston at the time. It was kind of a statement game for BYU. Now coming off the Boise loss this year, the Cougs could make another kind of statement this time around. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. And, And honestly, this couldn't be a more perfect situation to have a statement game like that. After coming off the loss last week, BYU has a chance to show that this is still a really good football team that knows how to bounce back after a loss like last week. Um, on top of that, you're entering Big 12 country for the first time as a member of the Big 12 and can prove to the nation that you know the committee members made the right choice by adding BYU with a huge win, uh, away win today. And, and lastly, it, you know you don't have to go undefeated to have a special season. In fact, you know h- how many teams do that? Not many at all. Losses are part of the game, and BYU can still finish this season incredibly strong, which can start right here today in Waco. That is Mitchell Jurgens coming up next. We'll have Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from McLean Stadium in Waco on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.